Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for just good health. I just speak good health over the body. Lord, those uh, worshiping online as well. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us faith today. Teach us, Holy Spirit, truth. Teach us uh, faith in the realm of the Spirit, we ask. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. So we're talking about the centrality of Jesus, and that's where we center. We're purposing to center and build everything we are as not just a church, but individually uh, on Christ. No other foundation should be laid. No other foundation will work. It's hard to build on anything. I mean, we took, look at the marriage videos. It is supernatural. It is supernatural. And to have Christ at the center. Uh, we looked at in 2021 knowing his person, knowing his works. That's how we center. That's how we uh, lay the foundation, center our lives on him. But this morning and starting last week, we're looking at knowing his teaching and what? Obeying him. We don't want to just know what he says. We want to do what he says. Here's Luke 6, 46. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? I'll show you what it's like when someone comes, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters uh, rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. It's not shaken. It has a firm foundation. But isn't it interesting? Digging deep is not just some you know, great theological study that's over everybody's head. Digging deep is hearing what he says and doing it. It's that simple. That's, that's a deep walk in Christianity. James chapter 1 verse 22, but don't just listen to God's word. Do what it says. Otherwise, you're fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You'll see yourself walk away and then forget who you are. Forget what you look like. So it's important that we hear his word, but then we also do what he asks us to do. Because when we act on it, it brings us understanding and maturity. Remember all the times he said, hey, I think you should forgive that person. You're like, whoa, I don't know about that, Lord. And then when you do forgive, it bears witness in your spirit. It's like, this is why he asked to forgive. Yeah, it does help the other person, but man, it helps me. So we grow in our understanding, we grow in our maturity when we act on what he says. Uh, again, I mentioned earlier, if you're coming here to Grace Church, we don't want you to just hear the word and know his voice. We want that, but we want you to be able to apply it and walk in it and live a life of victory. Amen. Amen? We don't need that old sign on I-35 anymore that used to say, uh, Christians, please inform your faces. <laughs> we are the victorious ones. We have overcome the world. First John 5, in our faith, our trust in Him. And so there's a lot of people who hear the Word, fewer people who do the Word. The weakness of it is, if you're not doing the Word, uh, you're going to forget who you are in Christ and uh, you lose out on this reality that obedience really begets more obedience and faith begets faith and love begets love. So it's important that we choose to walk in his ways. Uh, Jesus not only taught truth. I want to look at truth. There's a lot of things he taught, but he not only taught the truth, he is the truth. And he is the real reality because that's what truth is. 
Everything he said was truth. He said many times, truly, truly, when he was teaching. So Jesus, one of his teachings was to bear witness of the truth. Look at John eighteen thirty six. Jesus answered and said to Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of the natural realm, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So again, when I talk about the banner here, God's kingdom is in the Spirit. It is truth. It is in the spirit. It's not a natural kingdom. He's telling Pilate or we'd be fighting. I don't want to be uh, Caesar. I want to rule the heart, the inside of Caesar. The unseen part is where I rule. It is a kingdom. It's real. It's a reality. But it's unseen to the natural eye. That's why the world can't receive it. Boy, this is huge because we are to be people of the spirit. Romans eight sixteen. as many as are led by the... Spirit of God, the unseen realm, the voice of God, the unheard, the unaudible voice of God. These are the children of God. So we are people of the Spirit. We are acclimated. We're dimensionalists. Everybody say dimensionalists. We're dimensionalists. We can access this unseen dimension, the voice of God, the Spirit of God, His truth, His word. Those are all realities that we can experience here. But we also experience and are touched by the physical dimension. Okay. Verse 37, Pilate said to him, Are you a king then? If you have a kingdom, you must be a king. Jesus said, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. For this cause I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Literally, he's saying, Pilate, I'm here giving evidence of the truth. I'm giving evidence of unseen realities in the realm of the Spirit. They are realities, but unseen to the natural eye. Everyone who's of the truth... Here's my voice. So very few people on the planet go around saying God speaks to them audibly, physically, on a a regular basis. Very few people have that testimony. Uh, But we can hear His voice spirit to spirit, heart to heart. Okay. Verse 38, Pilate said to him, then what is truth? So one of the teachings of Jesus is truth, and he's inviting us as a church family to walk in the reality of truth, to apply the truth, not just amen the truth, but live like it's true. Amen. amen. Thank you, Cindy. First John 5, 6. Let's just go ahead and blow our minds, shall we? Amplified classic. This is he, Jesus, who came by or with water and blood, his baptism and his death. Water is his baptism. Uh, blood is his death. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, not just by water only, but by the water and the blood he came. And it is the Holy Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is the truth. He came to bear witness. This is what he's telling Pilate. There are realities unseen to the natural man. uh, Realities that you can access that are very real that may not be immediately visible to you but they're real and they're true. I love it, love it, love it, love it. So he didn't come to start a natural man-made religion. Something that we study and then we act out in tradition and religion. That's death. The Spirit is life. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the law of the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life to the letter. 
Isn't that powerful? The Spirit bears witness because the Spirit is the truth. So it's interesting when you nod your head in this room, like when the word's coming forth and you're like, yeah, like, how do you know it's true? The Spirit in you is bearing witness. You, you already knew everything I'm saying before you came in. You just didn't know you know it. You didn't know you knew it. It's in your spirit. You have the mind of Christ. So you knew of his kingdom in the realm of the spirit when you walked in here. But now we're getting it out of your spirit and lifing it into your conscience and your mind. So that now you can begin to embody it. Not just be hearers of the word, but the word made flesh. The word made human expression. And that's the heart of our father, that he would be expressed. So Jesus telling Pilate, I'm giving evidence of the Spirit. Look at this. John chapter 4, verse 23, contemporary English version. Jesus said, but a time is coming. It's already here. Even now the true worshipers are being led by the Spirit to worship the Father according to the truth. These are the ones the Father is seeking to worship Him. God is... So He is unseen, but He is there, and He is real, and He can be accessed. The world can't receive him because they can't see him. But as he said in John 14, you know him because he's with you now. And he will be where? In you. The Spirit of God would be returned to you. This is the gospel. Christ in you, the anointed one, the anointing, the Spirit of the living God returning to you is the mystery of the gospel. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. God is Spirit and those who worship God are led by the Spirit to worship Him. What? According to the... According to how you feel. According to your circumstances. According to the stock market. According to who gets elected. Come on now. According to who gets elected. No. Now, natural reality uh, realities are realities. And you can worship God. And you should for natural things. If you get a raise or... Uh, you experience a breakthrough in one of your stocks or something, you know, whatever it may be. You can praise Him for that. You should. If you have a near miss in a car accident, you should worship God. Thank Him for that. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me. Thank you for healing my child. Thank you for protecting John that day. Thank Him. Worship Him for that. But here's the beauty of spirit and truth. Even if the natural realm has nothing you can see praiseworthy, you can still praise Him. You can still thank Him. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and give God praise. Let's do it. Let's praise Him. You don't have to have everything in the natural lined up to be able to worship Him. You can worship Him every single day in spirit. You're being led by the Spirit to worship Him according to the truth. Well, Brother Steve, I'm afflicted. Well, what's God's word say? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us out of them all. Amen. Well, Brother Steve, I'm battling sickness. Yeah, but it also says that may, that may be a reality, but here's a greater reality by his stripes. You're healed. Jesus told Pilate, I'm here to bear witness of realities that are very real. That human beings can access. You you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind on trees. In the same way, John chapter three, you can't see the uh, uh, you can't see the spirit, 
The wind blows where it wishes. You can't see where it's coming from, where it's going, but yet it's so it is, he said, with those born of the Spirit. But you can see the effect of the Spirit of God on human hearts. That's what we need in our country. We need to see not the effects of an election on the church. We need to see the effects of the Spirit of God on the church. Because we are those who can worship Him no matter what we're experiencing in the natural realm. We're overcomers. 1 John 5, you can write that down, that whole chapter. But he talks about, verse 4 and 5, overcoming the natural world through our faith. We're people of faith. We're people of truth. We're people of the kingdom. We're people of the Spirit. You know, that's why he's telling Pilate, my kingdom's not of this world. It's not of the natural realm. I don't need it to be happy. I don't need the natural Pilate to be happy. The world didn't give me joy. The world can't take it away. Joy comes from my Father. Now look at this. John chapter 4, 23 and 24. Amplified. But a time is coming. It's already here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit. Look at this. From the heart, from the inner self. You can see Steve's shell, but you're not really seeing Steve that is a light on the inside with the, the light of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? So there's this unseen part of me. That is the kingdom of God. That's the, the area of a human being he wants to govern. And he wants to touch the heart, the inner self. Right? These people honor me with their lips, but their what? Their heart is far from me. So we're going to worship him from the heart. We're going to worship in truth. The Father seeks people to be his worshipers. God is spirit. He's the source of life, yet invisible to mankind. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. If we're not careful, we are led by the realm of the natural. If we're not careful, we're led by how we feel and what we see. But truth exists and truth was here before you got here. Truth will be here after you're gone. And truth is truth beyond what the feelers feel, what the thinkers think, and what the believers believe. You know there's truth that exists beyond what you believe about yourself. So Jesus said, participate with truth, intercourse with truth. Know the truth and it will make you a free man, free woman. Ask, seek, and not. Find the truth. Discover the truth. It's not chasing after you. It's constant. It's there. Just receive it and know it. We know from John 17, oneness with Christ, oneness with each other, our spiritual reality, spiritual family in this house is a spiritual reality. We're not trying to become one with each other. We're already one. When you got born again, the Holy Spirit supernaturally placed you in a body, one body. So when the Father looks in this room, He doesn't see a bunch of Christs, multiple Christs. He sees one Christ with us and a whole bunch of different pieces, right? I've already taken flack for the finger. I've taken flack for the toenail last week, so I'm going to stay out of all that. But when He looks in this room, it's a bunch of body parts, but it's one Christ. You belong to each other. Live that way. Think that way. How you treat each other is how you treat yourself. How you treat each other is how you treat Christ. So love each other well. Belong to each other. Serve one another. Exhort one another. Come on, give Him praise in the house of God. We are one in Christ. And it's not just true in this room. It's true with our brothers and sisters all throughout the world. But it lives, spiritual family lives on different levels. 
Let me show you this, John 17, 20. Jesus said, I don't pray for these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word. That's us. And I'm praying that they would be one as you, Father, are in me and I'm in you. That's great oneness, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe you sent me. Our love for one another, our oneness, how we take care of each other is a witness to the world. The world is looking for anybody who can love well. They're looking for anybody who really cares. And for churches, it must be genuine. It must be from the heart. They can recognize a fake. It must be from the heart that we care. Not because we need members or we need money or we're, we're so insecure about ourselves. Would you please believe what we believe? Not that. <laughs> but that we're so embedded with the truth. If you reject us, we cry for you, not for ourselves. We know the truth. And if you walk away from the truth, it breaks our heart for you. Not we go away and lick our own wounds and feel sorry for ourselves. <laughs> Verse 22, And the glory, the perspective which you gave me, I've given them, that they may be one just as we are one. So that's a spiritual reality. So the Lord's encouraging us to live in, spend time every day. Everybody say, every day. Spend time in the reality of truth. Let the amount of time you're spending aware of what's true about God and about you, let that be increasing on a daily basis. The amount of time I'm spending connected to truth is growing. But these are spiritual realities. When I went to Hera FCA, this is probably eight years ago, I had the middle school, sixth through eighth grade, in the auditorium, and I was invited to teach. And so I opened the session with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, 6th through 8th graders. I think there's about 80 of them in there. And I said, uh, who has the truest information about you? Who has the truest information about you? And in unison, I'd say 80% of them said, we do. So hear what they're saying. They're saying, we know ourselves better than anybody else. We know what's true about us and nobody else. Guys, that's a disaster waiting to happen. It's just like if you have, that'd be like an iPhone telling Apple, I know more about me. I didn't make myself. But I know more about me than you do. The one who made and invented the iPhone. Does that make sense to you? So I said to them, I beg to differ. I was shocked. I did not expect to hear that. But I said, the truest thing about you is what God says about you. God has the most information about you. And they're like, really? I said, how many of you know how many hairs are on your head? What? Which one's number seven? God knows all these things. God knows more about you than you know about yourself. And he's asking us to live in spiritual reality. And so when we're walking with Christ, our union with Christ and our union with each other, and we're in, uh, increasing in that, listen to this. The fruit of our participation with the Spirit, brace yourselves, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness towards one another. He's not asking you to cause something. He's not asking you to earn something. He's asking you to dance with the real reality. 
And the fruit of your participation with reality will be love for each other, joy in seeing each other, peace with one another. You'll let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only that which gives grace to the listener. You'll have patience with each other. You'll have self-control. You won't return evil for evil, but you'll overcome evil with good. Am I helping anybody? We're living in the reality of those things. See, the fruit of the Spirit aren't just between you and the Spirit that it's produced, but with one another it's produced. Everything that we do here, every event we have, we want it to be balanced. We want it to major. We call it up in and out. We major on your relationship with God. And then we want to major and include our relationship with each other. That's in, tight-knit family, but then also out. That if... Our prayer is, if you're new today, that you received all kinds of loving messages before the message. That we want you to know the Jesus that we know. So we have a heart for up, yep, in, yep, but also out and caring for those that we've just met. So as we do the word, as we act on truth, we grow in our understanding Knowledge is knowing what to do. Understanding comes when you do it, when you apply it. So when people, we look back and people say, man, what really helped transform us as a church? What did it, Brother Steve? It's when we really started participating with truth. We really started being doers of the word, not just hearing it, but doing it and acting on it. And isn't it great? He took the pressure off. It's not like you're making unity happen. He's just asking you to live united. It's true. All right, let's get back to, that was my introduction. Let's get back (laughs) to some practicals on participating with and living in truth. Last week, number one, anybody remember? Number one, a renewed people. A renewed mind. How do you participate with truth? Renew your mind. It's a weapon that allows you to participate and activate realities that may not be immediately visible to you. They may not be immediately present to you, but you can access the truth with a renewed mind. Mm -hmm. Romans 12, 2, Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and you get to prove how good, acceptable, and perfect God's way is. You might want to write this down. I find this helpful. The power of the Christian life does not come from the mind, but it does come through the mind. You cannot let your thoughts and feelings go unchecked or this world and the enemy will clean your clock. Right, Glenda? I mean, you can't let your thoughts and feelings go unchecked. You've got the Holy Ghost. He, he will guide you into all truth. Look at it like a hotel reservation desk. When a thought comes in, the Holy Ghost is right there at the receptionist's desk in the hotel lobby. And he says, if you'll allow him, he will say to that thought, are you of us or are you of the enemy? Because if you're of the enemy, you're not checking in. Amen. You can't keep negative thoughts from coming and being offered to you, but you can determine whether to stay in the night. Come on. Amen. <laughs> evict those suckers. Touch your neighbor and say, evict those suckers. <laughs> Boy, I like that a lot. We should put that on the sign. But <laughs> no, Danny, nobody would know what we were talking about. <laughs> 
Oh, goodness. If you don't check by the Holy Spirit and by truth your thoughts and your feelings, then the enemy is going to lock you into, listen to me, false realities. False narratives. Fake news. Fake views. Faulty belief systems. He'll start telling you you're not who God says you are. He'll start saying that your neighbor is not who God says they are. <laughs> false, 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 false. If you don't let the Holy Spirit and the Word of God govern your thought life and, and your feelings, the enemy is going to wreck you. Renewing of the mind is critical because while it's easy to become a born-again child of God, all you got to do today is ask Jesus by the Spirit to invade your heart and your inner self. It's easy to get, to get born again. It's beyond difficult to change your stinking thinking. Some of you can be your own worst enemy by the thoughts that you let camp out in your, in your hotel. <laughs> That's why we need one another too. We can wash each other with the word. We can remind each other who we really are, what we really have, what we can accomplish in Christ. We need each other. We need the word. We need the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody? So many scriptures deal with the mind. The power of the Christian life doesn't come from your mind, but it comes through your mind. And so let me give you a few. Renew your mind. That's Romans 12 too. You have the mind of Christ. I believe that's 1 Corinthians 2.16. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. Set your mind. Let this mind be in you. What's the first word? Let. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 2. And my favorite, Romans chapter 8, verse 6. The mind set on the spirit is what? Life and peace. So the mind set on the greater reality, the parent reality. The natural is real. I'm not taking that away from us, but the greater reality is the unseen realm. And when you set your mind on things unseen, on truth and on the Word of God and your relationship with Christ, who's your unshakable foundation, then you experience life and peace even if World War III is going on around you. Greater is He that's within you than he that's within the world. Greater is He that's within you than anything outside of you. I'm going to say it again. Greater is He that's in you than anything you'll face outside of you. See, and that's our desire is that you live a victorious life in Christ. But you're not going to do it without walking in spirit and in truth. Because Jesus said in John 16, 33, in the natural world, you will have trial. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. What did he say? I've, I've overcome the natural world by giving you a kingdom access. I'll give you keys to the kingdom. I've given you access to the spirit, to the truth, to the parent reality you came from. You came from the unseen realm. Everything that was made, Paul said, came from the unseen realm. Everything you can see came from an unseen dimension. So that's your parent reality. Let's learn to walk by the Spirit. Let's learn to stir one another in regard to looking to that which is unseen rather than always to the things which are seen. Guiding you uh, into the reality of truth it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while to change your thinking. Your thinking's been trained by the flesh. 
If you were 21 when you got born again, you had 21 years of the flesh just governing your life, making your decisions. So you get retrained. The Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, God the Father. Listen, it is a process, but it's a process that they are committed to completing. He who began a good work in you. He is faithful to complete it. So the Holy Spirit's going to guide you into all truth. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will testify of me. All right, number two. Walk by faith and not by sight. This is where we left off last week. Walk by faith, not by sight, which is 2 Corinthians 5, 7. So listen, faith is participating with the reality that Christ is already made available. There's realities available to you. You're dearly loved by God. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Greater is He that's within you than anything outside of you. These are realities. Faith doesn't make those happen. Faith participates with those realities. Faith applies the truth. Everybody say, apply the truth. Faith applies the truth. Faith lives in awareness of truth. Listen, faith believes it, receives it, and acts on it. Faith believes it, receives it, and then acts acts on it. James 2.20 says faith without works is dead. So we're going to believe the truth, receive the truth, and act on the truth. So let's practice. I'm going to practice with you this morning. Be just like I'm in your prayer closet with you. We're going to apply the truth. We're going to renew our mind. We're going to walk by faith. Psalm 139, verse 7. So you take a scripture. You take a passage which is true. Verse 7, Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. Is that true or not? Faith allows you to access the real reality even when you don't feel or it doesn't seem visible to you in the moment that God's with you. Now, here's the beauty of it. You have a better covenant with better promises than David had when he wrote that. Christ lives inside of you. You take him everywhere you go. He's like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. He's with you. He saw it all. (laughs) And he loves you anyway. That's right. He doesn't leap out of your body. John 14, he said, when I come back to you in the person of the Holy Spirit, he will abide with you forever. You have a better covenant with better promises. So faith is not me walking around, kicking rocks, moping and saying, man, I wish God were here. That is not faith. That's defeatism. First John 5, we're going to have to pull that one up next week. But we overcome those things, this world, through our faith by accessing what is true. So, number one, what does faith do, everybody, if it believes, receives, and acts? Number one, live like it's true. You want to say you're a man or woman of faith? Then that means you live like that scripture we just read is true. Place your absolute trust in what God says, even beyond what you think feel, believe, or experience in that moment. Because there's a parent reality where the truth, it just doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Write this down. Philemon chapter 1, verse 6. Put it on your fridge this week. Your faith becomes effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. Jesus. 
Why do we have ineffective faith? We don't believe what he says. Maybe your mama didn't tell you. Maybe some former preacher didn't tell you. But I'm going to tell you, there's a whole lot of good on the inside of you in Jesus Christ. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has taken up residence inside of you. You want effective faith? Start acknowledging. Everybody say acknowledge. Acknowledging all the good that's in you in Christ. Wow, authority, love, joy, His presence. He'll never leave me or forsake me. His glory, John 17, 22, the glory the Father gave Him. Jesus said, I've given up uh, unto you all. Isn't that powerful? Live like it's true. Start acknowledging all the good that's in you in Christ. Start acknowledging the reality that God's always with me, even if I don't feel it. Or feel Him, feel His presence. Now here's the beauty of it. It's not just true about you, it's true about the person next to you. Because you're connected to them in Christ. So you can wash each other with that reality. Brother, God is with you. Christ will never forsake you. Christ will never leave you. Number two, thank Him for it. Oh, I love this one. Thank Him for it. Why? Why is thanksgiving important? Because once you start thanking Him for it, you're not trying to earn it or achieve it. Bless you. You've believed it, you've received it, and now you're acting on it to the point you're thanking Him that it's true. <clears throat> Worship is such a weapon. And, and we get robbed of praise because we're over here earning something that the Scripture already says you have. Christ is in you. You have effectively entered rest and peace that come from God's reality. When you just thank Him for it. When you thank Him, you're putting to death all human effort that's trying to make it happen. Oh God, please love me. Oh God, please help me. Oh God, please come and be with me. (laughs) You know, He's just... Jesus, are you listening to this? He's right hand of the Father. Okay, so the Father nudges the Son... Are you listening to this prayer? (laughs) Full of unbelief. Rest is the calm and the confidence that comes from knowing the truth. And you can experience that calm and that confidence. It's greater than the fear that the natural world is trying to put on you. Brother Steve, that can't be. Go back and read about the Colosseum. Go back and read about the martyrs. Go back and read how they sang and worshipped God while they were being dipped in oil and set on fire. They were accessing realities Jesus called truth that weren't immediately visible or present to them in the natural realm. Well, I love... Father, can I pray? Father, I thank you. I thank you that this church, we hunger and thirst to be people of the Spirit. We want to be people of the realm of the Spirit. We want to walk in truth. We want to know the truth. We want to dance with truth. We want to see in truth. Lord, we want to speak in truth. We want to pray in truth. We want to worship in truth. We are those Jesus people. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say, we are those people. I just don't like deadbeat religion. I don't like it. Don't like it. 
Religion cannot light you. In Him, John chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, in Him there was life and His life became the light of men. Religion doesn't light anybody. It's bondage. It's just works of the flesh and man's attempts to get God to like Him. Yeah, wow. He already does, right? God is love. He would cease being Himself. He'd cease being God if He didn't love you. Right down this moment. It's who He is. His love for you is tied to His very being, His nature, His character. All right, number three. I gotta finish this thing up. I'm, what time is it? Okay. Take that truth and study all it means, all it entails to you. So if, if God says He's with you, like we saw in Psalm 139, then start, start processing that with the Spirit. What does that mean? If God's with me, okay, it means I never have to be afraid. I don't ever have to be afraid. I don't ever have to beg Him to show up into some event I'm doing. He's with you. Start uh, studying the word companionship because he's always with you. So you can study companionship or study the word uh, when he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. What does it mean, Lord, then that I'm not forsaken? What does that mean? Study some of these things. Dig into them. How about this? You don't have to ask God to come and heal you because he's here and it's covenant provided. And the beautiful part is, remember, it's not just true for you. It's true for your brother. True for your spouse. So Christianity may have begun with you, but it won't end with you. It won't. It may begin with you, but it won't end with you. So what's true about me, I begin to, I, I can pray that over Kelly and Bell. I can speak that word over them, the word of healing. We have a truth trainer tool uh, here that we use in discipling. It's called the truth trainer. It's taken out of 2 Corinthians 10.4. Verse 3, I'm going to go ahead and give you that. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. And then he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against knowing God, the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, to the obedience of what is true. So do this. This is powerful. When the negative thoughts rise up during the day, it's a red flag that the stronghold of the lie is asserting itself. When this happens, use the truth trainer to destroy any negative stronghold. So you may see, you may say this, I feel alone. But it is only a feeling brought on by my past. It's not a true reflection of what? Current reality. Parent reality. Truth. My reality is determined by the Word of God. And this is my declaration of truth to this feeling. Say your declaration out loud. Something like, My God will never leave me nor forsake me. And when the Holy Spirit came into me uh, to live, He's going to abide with me forever. Does that make sense? So just a practical way of aligning your mind and your feelings. Subject them. Surrender those negative emotions to the Word of God. Surrender it to the truth. Uh, war with the Word. Not flesh and blood. War with the Word. Wash your thoughts and emotions with the Word. 
Number four, here it is. Get God's word on it. We're danced all around it. But look up scripture that applies to the situation. If you're struggling, believing God is with you, go read Psalm 139, 7 through 10. Combat with the word of God. If you're struggling loving your brother, go read scriptures on loving your brother. If you're struggling with your health, get scriptures on healing. Why? Because scripture and the, the spirit of the Lord is what brings truth, the parent reality that you can access it. If you struggle forgiving yourself, repent of your pride. Get God's word that says, hey, the blood is greater. The blood is so great, he died one time for everyone. I can prove that you're forgiven because Jesus doesn't come down here and die for you every time you do a big piece of stupid. Listen to uh, testimonies. Revelation 12, 11, we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Listen to people share testimonies if you're battling, for instance, sickness. Listen to people testify of when God healed them. Get the word of God on it. All right, number five. Speak what God has said about you aloud over yourself. Romans ten seventeen. faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's something that happens when you hear the word spoken over you. You can get the True You book. It's out in the, in the foyer, page three, page four. It says, start your day. Every day, I am a child of God. Romans chapter eight. I am forgiven. Colossians chapter one. I'm a partaker of God's divine nature. I'm a minister of the new covenant. Just say these things out loud over yourself. Amen? Let the devil hear you. Amen. Let him hear that you're lined up with truth. And can I say again, it's not just true about you, it's true about your brother. Everything you're reading out of that book, I'm a child of God, I'm the righteous of God, applies to your born-again brethren and sistren. So what do we want to do? We want to wash each other with the word because life and death are in the power of the tongue. Speaking well of each other is one of the ways we live in the reality that we're spiritual family, that we're one Christ altogether. When we speak well of each other, we speak life and not death, we're practicing our oneness. I like this one. Number six, teach it to someone. There's something that happens when you take a revelation that you have and you begin to teach it. You share it with somebody else kind of uh, solidifies it, helps it grow. You're nurturing it. I mean, it's a lot better than just sharing your grudges and offenses with everybody. <laughs> that was good. That was not in my notes. <clears throat> Why do we teach other people how to be offended at somebody else we're offended at? Don't teach them that. Teach them what the Lord is showing you about how to forgive. Teach them what the Lord is showing you about how to love. My goodness. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. Let me say again. Christianity may begin with you, but it's going to evolve to what's true about you is also true about each other. And how you treat each other. And as we do it, we'll be a city set on a hill. The world will take notice. It's not why we do it. We do it because it's right and it's true, but people will see it. Uh, Scott, you guys go ahead and come. Number seven, if you're struggling in an area, confess it to spiritual family. Get with somebody that will point you towards wholeness, amen, that loves you too much to let you lay around in the mully grubs like, I just can't feel God. I just don't know where God is anymore. 
He's probably not real because, you know, if I don't believe it, it's not true. <laughs> yeah, it is true whether you believe it or not. He is real and He's with you. So confess it one to another. Look at James 5.16. Confess your trespasses one to another. Pray for each other that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. These are things that faith does. Faith without works is dead. So my response is I live like it's true. I thank Him for it. I take that truth and study all that it means. I get God's Word on it. I speak what He says about me over myself. I teach it to somebody. And then I confess it to spiritual family if I'm struggling. Healing rarely happens in isolation. And sometimes human beings need great love from other humans before they experience true healing from God. Can I say that again? Sometimes human beings need to experience great love from other people before they can experience true healing from God. Stand with me. I pray this is helpful to you. That we'll be able to walk it out. We're going to live with renewed minds. We're going to apply the truth. And we're going to walk by faith, not by what we see and feel and think all the time or believe all the time. We're going to be people of truth, people of the Spirit. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you say, Brother Steve, I've never accepted Jesus Christ into my heart. I, I've never done what you talked about where He comes to the inner self, to the heart of a person, and comes there to live and to dwell. But I want to receive His Spirit. I want to be lifed on the inside this morning. If that's you, would you slip your hand up and say, Pray for me, Brother Steve. Anyone? Grace Church, who's with me this morning that we need to be people of spirit and people of truth of His Word, which is spirit, John 6.63. If if, if you're willing to allow me to pray for you, I want to pray for you this morning that we begin to walk and live in truth. So open your heart, your hands, however you're comfortable doing that, I'm going to pray. Father, I thank You for Grace Church. I thank You for the body that You're molding together we're learning what it is to one another well to love well to live in the reality of truth well I do pray for those that struggle with their own identity in Christ I ask Lord that you shake down to the core every lie, every faulty belief system, let it be broken down this morning under the power of your word and driven out That your people can rise up once again and call you blessed. They can rise up in their true identity, a new creation man, a new creation woman. That they are who they are by the grace of God, by what Christ has done. And Lord, that we begin to live and participate with that reality, with the truth. I bless them. I thank you for what you're building, what you're growing here. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, let's give him praise this morning.